are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. God, right? It is so cold outside. It's so cold. It's I, I. We live in Texas, okay? It's the coldest state in the United States. Well, it is right now. It feels like. Well, actually, it's not true. It's actually completely frozen throughout most of the rest of the country right now. Oh well, but, fuck them. Okay, yeah. Texas its own country. For okay, us, God damn it. We're like it's like almost thirty. <laughs> <laughs> People up north, like fuck you. Yeah. They're like, look, here's the thing: humidity here in Texas. It makes it so much colder and bitter, so it feels like it's like 15, well, when in actuality it's only like, you know, 66. We, we get the wind factor here. Fuck the wind, you man. Know, the wind, wind comes in and it just kills you. It's, it's, the, it's the worst. The worst. I, I like, right now we're literally sitting outside, like, going, it's so fucking cold, it's so fucking cold. And I looked at him and I was like, wait, are you really right? No. Did you put your blood in this in this Petri dish? Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was going to go with that, either that or Ice Station Zebra. I I would have d- gone more with Jack Frost t- starring uh, Michael Keaton uh, as the Jack Frost snowman thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have gone with that. I have never made it all the way through that movie. Well, you're doing and yourself a disservice. Yeah. Yeah. No, or, I've never made it all the way through the horror one either. Also oh, really? Frost, oh, come on. Which I was like, I like, you know me, I love horror. It's my big thing. But I was like, this is too dumb even for me. It is pretty dumb. That's a uh, weather talk on digital noise. How's <laughs> <laughs> the weather? <laughs> so it's like it's, it, David Lynch is like talking about the weather. Like, so it's November twenty third. That's a terrible David Lynch. Impression. Okay, well, fuck. Okay, I, I we already just, confirmed I can only do one impression. Yeah, the crypt keeper. Oh, yeah, like, You're good at that. Hello, kitties. Welcome to digital noise. <laughs> We're two fucking assholes. Talk about. Uh, I can't do anymore. I, I run out of steam. I do want to say happy holidays to everybody out there. I hope you're having a wonderful season. This is shit. I I'd like to say that this will be up before Christmas. Maybe. Uh, I'll do like my better, best. Better, goddamn it! There's so much. Shit a lot going of people on. are writing on this. Okay, are they? Yeah, like there's that <laughs> one guy, and then all right. And what else? The <laughs> point is that you might get some gift certificates for Christmas. You should spend them on the movies that we advise you to buy. Yeah, there's you only, should do like, them there's, at there's the, two. You should do them. At, there's more than two. There's more than you, two. Uh, you should do them at the links that we provide for you on the actual <laughs> one of us website, where we have links there you can click on. It goes to Amazon. We get a kickback if you do that. You know, it's your way of supporting the site. Do oh, we that. get a kickback. I get a kickback. Okay, I don't recommend any of these. <laughs> the site uh, gets it. The site gets a kickback. <laughs> the site. That's what I meant. The site. Uh, the site. <laughs> oh, somebody's got to pay for my fentanyl habit. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting out of control. <laughs>
If it was, I... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, this is uh, Sir Dr. Lord Joseph Wright Sulik. Hello. Hello. Hello, my liege. Good to see you, Joe. Uh, good to see uh, No, stop. No. No. What do you know, Joe? God damn it. I, that, there was nothing better than my mom uh, telling my dad, whose name was Joe, to say, it's like, oh, we can call him Joe or Joey. And my mom says, fuck you. And it's like, <laughs> we're calling him right. Uh, so... Thanks, Mom. Because uh, anytime someone does discover my first name is Joseph, like, what? Yeah, no, you can call me Larry if you want to piss me off in return. Oh, yeah. Your, is it your first name Lawrence or your middle my name? My middle is- name is Lawrence. Yeah. Larry Bowberry. Do not care for it. Yeah. I See, I feel the pain, even yeah. though it's my first name and people will see that. But also, no one calls anyone Joseph. Like, I, that's like, because anytime someone says, hey, I'm looking for Joe or Joseph, like, you're trying to sell me something. Yeah, no, I don't know who you are. Yeah, 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 right off the bat, you're like you don't right off the bat. You don't, yeah, you, know, like, you don't know who I am. All right, I don't want to do this show it's, anymore. I'm always like, my middle name is enigmatic because <laughs> it's definitely not danger. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm basically the lost of human beings. You are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was written. You're in, a mystery. Box. I was produced by J.J. Abrams. Oh God, brought into fruition. And, and you're I, overstaying. And I'm you're sure welcome. I'm going to have a terrible ending. <laughs> Need another pass through, but he's in, you know, he is very forthcoming. He wants to have his final cut of the script, and it's the first draft. All right. We got to actually review some home releases because we got stacks of the shit. In fact, we have so much that we're just dividing this up into two shows. You're welcome, America. So the second show will be out after Christmas for sure. (laughs) The first show, well, maybe not, but we have so much, and there's so much good stuff here. And we're going to start off with, honestly, a movie that every time I watch goes up in my estimation of how great it really is, mm-hmm. which is In Bruges. I love it. Uh, it's now out on 4K, which it oh. well deserved because it's gorgeously shot film. Was this 4K? I thought it was Blu-ray. Uh, no, it's on 4K. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Shut up, right? Oh. Uh, just because they only sent me. I didn't me, get to see the 4K? Just because they only sent me the Blu-ray version. Son of a bitch. Yeah, but it is out on 4K okay. or Blu-ray from Kino Lorber. Kino Lober. I, I mean, you're good for you, Kino they Lorber. They usually just send me the Blu-ray version when they're re-releasing stuff on 4K, which is annoying. But you know what? They send me everything I ask for, so Fine. who am I to complain? We're just this tiny little song. I will so. be the complainer for you. I will complain, and they don't know who the fuck I am. They don't care. But those of you out there are like, I, will you shut up? What the fuck is in Bruges? <laughs> I thought there was like, just shut up. <laughs> so phonetically, it's in Bruges. <laughs> oh, in Bruges? In, oh, yeah, in yeah. Bruges? In Bruges. <laughs> They had to say it in the trailer multiple Bruges. times when that first came out. I'm like, oh, okay. This came out in 2008. It's a film written and directed <coughs> by Martin McDonough. If you don't know that name, I really, you have such, we have such sights to show you. He, he has done so much great stuff, not to mention this year's fantastic The Banshees of Anna Sharon, mm-hmm. uh, which is also out on Blu-ray right now. That's right. Yeah. And the three billboards of Ebbing, Missouri. Which people were weirdly split on in this sort of like, how dare you forgive a guy who was racist? And I was like, because the film is about the guy going for through a process of understanding that he was wrong. Right. <laughs> I guess they don't understand, like, to see the evolution of someone and then and also him going through little literal hellfire, basically. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. And then he also changes like, what? But. Okay, whatever. I guess I guess you don't like watching movies. 
about characters who go through something. See, remember, that's what movies are about. They're about the most important moment of those characters' lives. <laughs> Crazy God zipped. Wow. Yeah. I really respect that rant. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerds. Also deeply underrated his seven psychopaths. Which, I like it okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's the weakest of his theatrical release yeah, films, yeah. but it's still pretty goddamn good. It's fun. But to this date, In Bruges is still my favorite film by him. Yeah. I mean, Banshee, Banshees of Inisherin is a very close. Because those are like brother movies, sister movies. Well, like I mean, they're so, so close. It's the same cast. Yeah. You know, except for it would have been cool if Ray Fiennes had come on and, and at the end of Banshees and like, Sharon goes, why are you cutting your fingers off, you dumbass? Like, <laughs> you are fucking inanimate objects. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, oh, this movie, I, I remember seeing this at the theater and uh, and then we were talking before we recorded, I, I've seen one of his plays because he, he's an accomplished playwright and it, all of his stuff is like this. Like he is the i guess is he irish or british i forget he, he's either irish or british uh, i'm gonna assume he's irish but his yes he, irish okay so, it says british irish but come on you've seen his movies well we gotta say irish because yeah. uh, yeah. the irish people will not let's say like british he's brought up in london but both his parents were irish okay so he's irish yeah. but he is like the Irish Quentin Tarantino, it feels like. Yeah. The way that he, he is so masterful with his dialogue and his characters who are not necessarily the most likable people in the world. And sometimes they're actually like bad people, but you get to know them so well and you get, you get to see the endearing parts of them. Yeah. And like we were saying with three billboards of uh, Ebbing, Missouri, you can actually see bad people go through a transformation. Yeah. And with this, because Colin Farrell, not necessarily a good person at all, because he did a very, very bad thing. Whoa. Some of it by accident, but also he's a hitman. And you could see, like, damn, I really care for this guy. Yeah, I mean, if... Oh, my God, if you haven't seen this film, I can't... It's so funny. I was talking to people at the theater I work at, like, how none of them had seen In Bruges. Because they're all excited about Banshees of Finnish Aaron, because... They had been told to be excited about Banshees of Inisherin type mm -hmm. of thing. You know what I mean? Where they're yeah. like caught up in the buzz, but they're like, I have no idea why they're excited about it. They're like, half of them didn't even know who Brendan Gleeson was. And I was like, look. <laughs> he played Trump just a little bit ago. Okay. Did he? Yeah, he did. In what? In a, a Showtime show. Oh, movie? really? Yeah. I can't bear to watch even imitators of Trump at this point, except I, for Alec Baldwin. I see. I saw a little bit of like clips of him. I was like, holy shit. He is perfect as Trump. So this movie, when it starts out, we see the two leads, which is Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson, who are also the two leads of, of the Banshee in, in a Sharon. Uh, they are in Bruges, which is a town that one of them is very excited to be in. Uh, Brendan Gleeson, who's like, I've never been here. This is a cool history experience. He's an old, he's older than the other one. Right. He's like, I, I'm looking forward to the experience of going look through all this. And Colin Farrell's just like, there's nothing here. This sucks. History is dumb. Right. Yeah. Why am I here? But there's an affection between the two guys. You know, I don't mean sexual. I mean, like, they're like just Brendan, friends. It's a, it's, it's a friends and father sonish type of A little affection. bit. Yeah. 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 But it becomes clear that. They are both assassins, hitmen, right. and assassins sounds cooler than they are. They're, they're hitmen. They're hitmen. <laughs> yeah. they, they're like, uh, like just jobbers, basically. Yeah. They just like, they get hired for real, real quick, kill someone, and that's about it. Yeah. And they've been told, okay, uh, <coughs> go and chill in the city for a while by their boss. Like, go and chill here till things like blow over. And they're very vague. This film's very vague about the details of the hit and what until happened. Until it all Until develops. as it goes along. Yeah. 
but that's just it is as it develops that's you know that's the stuff as watching all this play out as uh colin farrell slowly starts becoming more like like it's not the town that makes him happy as so much as people he starts to meet there he meets a, a woman that he has a crush on but that is genuinely interesting to him and interested in him uh, there's a uh a, a dwarf uh who is both these people are actors on a local film being made there uh who they have sort of an antagonistic relationship but it's still kind of like there's a friendliness there it's know? so odd the way that um it, even when ray fines comes into the picture towards the end that anytime somewhat people are speaking to one another there's such a familiarity that they have that you can't help but love being in the conversation and it feels like that they still want to have the conversation. Like everyone loves talking so much. Yeah. And when something bad happens, you're like, Oh fuck. And like, it's almost like they don't want to hurt each other. Yeah. Uh, but like ultimately things do have to happen. Uh, Cause there's, there's rules. Yeah. That's this. is. It's all very character based, but, there's a very strong plot around it. Yeah. Like the real strength is the characters, how well-developed they are, how good the actors are at playing them, how good their interplay was with, is with each other. But if it wasn't for the complexities of the plot, which yeah. is slowly being revealed to you of like the stuff you didn't know that happened before this started, mm-hmm. it wouldn't work as well as it does. Right. And goddamn right, does it work? This is a flat-out, I'm going to say flat out masterpiece of a film. Oh, it is. Yeah. I, I think that there's nods towards Orson Welles and Hitchcock in here, which mm-hmm. are both completely earned. Um, <coughs> it's, I, like I said, I've liked a lot every single movie this director has done, but this to date is still my favorite of his films, which was the first film he did. Sure. Yeah. I would, anytime a play of his was playing locally, I would go see it, but it we, hasn't happened. I'll take that I'm you sometime. Please do. Please take me. I will. But, you know, we have this new set, and it's exciting that they've re-released it here. Actually, just gave away my copy to somebody else of my older copy. Oh. Yeah. I was about to say, it's like, you, wait, the fucking fork. It's on God DVD. Damn. All right, fine. You don't want a DVD. I don't, want, I don't want any physical media anymore. Unless it's really crappy movies, which I'm excited to talk about. But something. this comes with the 4K and Blu-ray if you get the 4K pack, or you can just get the Blu-ray separately if you haven't shelled up for a 4K yet. Uh, the 4K itself comes with no special features, but the Blu-ray disc... Uh, has uh, interviews with Mark Madano and the cast members talking about their collaboration on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strange Bruges, which is the same group of interviews uh, that are talking about specifically the city and their its role in the film and their its effect on them as actors. Uh, a boat trip around Bruges, which is a featurette with just more footage of what the city actually looks like because it really is fucking gorgeous. Oh, yeah, it's because it's in Belgium and it's like one of those old-timey towns like i remember visiting uh germany years and years ago when i was 18 and uh i mean there are towns like this where it's just like swimming in history yeah like it's just like they haven't there's like there's people with cell phones you see them but like they're still using like cobblestone streets to get around everywhere and it's like oh wow that's that's crazy uh deleted scenes uh 17 minutes of them mm-hmm. some of which are are definitely worth watching some of them are just like extended bits you yeah know, whatever uh and including more extended scenes for three minutes a gag reel for seven minutes which is pretty fun because these actors get along famously mm-hmm. and you can tell that they have real chemistry together and by watching that uh and then fucking bruges which is a collection of clips in the film which are just all films with basically like 
f bombs. <laughs> yeah. This, also, uh, uh, Martin McDonough is also known, at least, to have cursing just riddled uh, throughout all of his movies, and uh, fuck is definitely in it quite a bit of fucking much. So our next one is a 1991 action comedy film starring one of the biggest action comedy stars of the time, Bruce Willis. Oh my God. You know, I mean, huge, huge like decade for him, right? Oh yeah. Like the 80, late 80s, early 90s was Bruce Willis's time to yeah. shine, right? Like Die Hard and what have you, you know? Uh, um, <laughs> There's Die Hard and Wait, what else? No, there was a lot. Shut up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of which was... Uh, One of which was Hudson Hawk. Okay, I know. Stop. You're already out there going like... You're already saying... Hudson Hawk? Oh, yeah. That's one of the best movies ever made? Exactly. No, they're saying this was... Wasn't this a huge bomb and was critically reviled and to this day is considered one of the worst movies ever made? Somewhat? Shut up, you fucking nerds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to say, and I've been saying this for years... I really like Hudson Hawk. I I have to say as well that this is like my fourth or fifth time seeing this. Yeah. And I, I've always seen it. Like I, I've seen the first few times I saw it was on TV. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I think I watched it like my early twenties on DVD or something like that. I was like, Oh God, watching it again now. And you know, being a, I would say a rather seasoned critic, uh, watching it through this lens I kind of liked it and I saw what they were trying to do. And now also knowing that Bruce Willis had a hand and I think in writing the script or at least the story. And it's, yes. it's like, wow, we're, we're glimpse. We're having a, like a glimpse into Bruce Willis's comedic mind. And it's kind of great. It's kind of kooky and like Looney Tunesy. This is totally absurd fun that doesn't, work on multiple levels and yet that's part of the appeal and i don't mean that i'm watching it ironically and going like huh it's so funny it doesn't work i love it for <coughs> that i mean like i just so admire what they were going for here but big everyone is big like and danny aiello is a team up with bruce willis is their best friends who do heists who are masters chris thieves. they have great chemistry Dude, in this movie that they like their whole thing is like we time like we set our timer right. for robberies by songs that we both know by heart and we just sing them as we go so we know the timing. Yeah. To like everything has to be done by and they're like old school classic Vegasy type songs. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's all swinging on a songs. star. Well, and because also we know that Bruce Willis loves to sing. Yeah. And he's not is, bad at it. He's not bad and it's like this is a chance to, you know, to sing in a movie in an action movie. And while being funny at the same time. And it, I was saying this earlier is like this movie reeks of first draft oh, where yeah. it's just like these are ideas you put in there and then you go through a second pass like what was I on? And, uh, and then you take those ideas out. One of which was like the, the singing part of like the, uh, how long it takes them to pull a heist. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's totally a first draft thing. You take that out because that is fucking stupid but also it's insanely endearing oh, and fun yeah it's one of my favorite parts of this whole film it's great <laughs> like, I love it it's really death. good and this film is it's just stupid insane and and tonally mixed as fuck and it's like they're like the bad guys here of all things sandra bernard and richard e grant who 
are a couple, but also are they related? I'm not sure. I don't. They know. just want to either fuck each other or tell each other to go fuck each There's other. There's a lot of making out of Sandra Bernhardt as being super hot, but also evil. And I'm like, I never really saw the super hot part. Even most lesbians I know never saw the super hot part. Sure, of Sandra sure. Bernhardt. We're like, yeah, don't get it, Sandra. But thanks for thanks for replying. But we get like but, uh, their henchmen who are all candy bars. Yeah, their their names are all like their 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 what do you call it? their call sign names are all. It's candy like it's bars. like Twix. Uh, Cats, uh, Snickers, or something like that. Uh, oh, and fucking Andy McDowell is a love interest, and it, it, like it involves. Okay, the plot is insane. Basically, did I actually I forget what the plot it's like is? Conspiracy theories and uh, like like sort of holy blood, holy grail type stuff. It's kind of Indiana Jonesy. Yeah, it's like Leonardo. Oh, Da Vinci's uh uh. uh thing he he built he was trying to build a machine that was uh it's, it's about uh what do you call it when you turn lead into gold uh, that's what it is yeah, alchemy yes. yeah. alchemy that's yeah, ultimately what, yeah. and the idea is they're saying da vinci built a machine that did it and all the pieces because he was like oh this would fucking cause chaos if like anybody got any government got a hold of this so he split up the pieces and put them everywhere rather than just melt them down and destroy all his notes but whatever yeah um <laughs> you'd be like oh wait why didn't i just do wait, that why was i doing this in the first place <laughs> everything was made out of wood and paper i could have just burned it i think the idea was though that 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 was a side effect of what he was trying to accomplish like he that was not what he was trying to accomplish yeah but yeah, yeah then yeah, that yeah. happened and he's like oh fuck we need to destroy this yeah um but so uh, this, these rich idiots are are like, yes, we want to get this, and then we'll control the world. They're like parodies of James Bond villains, basically. You know, Th- that's a th- it's like a it's a mixture of James Bond, Indiana Jones, and I would say in like Flynn, more like James. Oh, James totally, Bond, yeah, 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 and and Looney Tunes because there are times Total when like Looney Tunes. There's like there are sound effects in some of it, and uh, but oddly enough, it's oddly violent no it's like morning radio show sound effects it's like, yeah, it's like and he's like uh, <laughs> but there, there are times when it gets like really violent and you're like what the fuck uh no people die brutally in this at it's points. crazy it's, it's really weird that's the thing is it's so all over the place there's no movie that exists like this movie no nothing there's nothing like this and it had a ridiculously huge budget so they were able to do whatever the fuck they wanted to yeah people were like what was that and rightfully so and that was it's a mess bruce willis's passion project (laughs) yeah this was we're again getting to see what his mind is like and it's crazy so i kept thinking i kept comparing this in my head to the league of extraordinary gentlemen Mm. which is another big budgeted crazy like out of control project, like really out of control project that, that the creator just, just loved <laughs> uh, the well, adaptation. Alan Moore hates even the good adaptations of his work. So yeah. whatever. Well, I say hates, he hates they exist. He claims he's never watched any of them. So anyway, uh, the, but like on that level, it's like, yes, it's total out of control mess. One handed didn't know what the other were doing. Money was just being thrown around yada yada the difference is this movie has an inherent sense of constant fun throughout it and it's because of that looney tunes aspect of it yeah it's just like it everybody's having a great time and you can tell that watching it yeah it doesn't matter that it's a huge mess it reminds me of 60s like spy caper films yeah than anything and it it feels like the 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 only direction they were given was like Bigger! Uh, just like, because <laughs> everyone is hamming it up like crazy in this movie. And honestly, it is a fucking blast. I love it. 
And there's, I know you're about to talk about some of the, the special features and shit, but there is actually a special feature that I noticed on the DVD menu screen that okay. it's a song that's not in the movie. And I think it's song, sang or sung by a fucking, um, like, uh, like, Cat Stevens or someone like that. It's like Hudson Hawk. <laughs> like it's it's a Hudson Hawk theme song, and it's not in the movie at all. And I'm like, I want to listen to that song more. That was actually kind of fun because uh, okay. like it's like big band jazz kind of crap. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, so I would highly recommend just watching it just for that. Okay, fair enough. Um, this is Kino Lorber re-releasing this on Blu-ray. Uh, it's got a reversible insert with different artwork on each side, as well as a slipcover. Uh, there's new extra. There are no new extras, but it's just from the stuff from the 2007 Sony DVD. But there's a lot of them. They're all little EPK pieces, but there's a lot of stuff here. The Hudson Hawk theme is by Dr. John. Dr. John. That's what yeah. I just read. I was like, oh, there's a fucking music video. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is fun. And if you've never, because of the, you know, it's generally considered one of those huge bombs, like Ishtar or whatever, like like expensive bombs, like many of the world's most expensive bombs, it's still not that bad. Ishtar is not that bad. Showgirls is not that bad. Waterworld is not that bad. Mm. I've just ignored what he said. Oh. It it really is. I'll ignore Waterworld too. No, Showgirls I watch on a level of like ironic detachment. I'm like, okay, I'm... I'm enjoying this only because of how terrible it Look, actually I'm is. I'm still but writing my dissertation on film. how it's the best movie ever but made. But it's not a good film. It is a good But I would movie. say that Waterworld is genuinely a pretty good movie. You're out of your And Ishtar mind. is genuinely a pretty good movie. The They're just, both of them are bloated and overlong. Much like, right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> speaking about his penis. Oh, yeah, there yeah. you go. All right, let's move on to a you film like that nerds that I suspect that Wright is not as big a fan as as speaking uh, as of me. bloated and no, no. <laughs> 1997's David Lynch's masterpiece neo noir surrealist horror film Lost Highway. Man, it's weird. I'm a huge David Lynch fanatic. Like I'm a fanatic for David Lynch. Not as much as some people I know, like Johnny Neal, but huge fan. And I remember when oh, I, so you're both losers. Then. When I, I remember when I first saw this, I went, I like it, uh-huh. but I'm not in love with it. I've watched it several times since then, and now I can say I'm full on in love with this movie. Really? I think it's it's just, I think this is like about a nine out of ten for me. Wow. Uh, of just like surreal, just his whole, nobody has ever in the history of film understood in a way that I'm not even sure if it's intellectual as much as it is autonomic dream logic, the way that David Lynch does. Sure, yeah. Uh, but he does. And it, there's just no denying it. Like, well, he, I, I he, love the, the dream logic that he builds. And this is what I do. I, I appreciate him. I'm not really a huge fan of his movies or his work because they make no fucking sense. And uh, They make all but, the sense. Sure. But what I love, and I I, I got it. Uh, I just thought it was boring. Uh, is but- your phone ringing? Oh, isn't it? What? It's me. I'm calling from hell where you belong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here at your house right now. Um, but uh, I, I do so like long, right? the mythology of his dream logic that he builds. I think it's extremely interesting. In a way, I kind of like it how... I know this is going to be kind of a stretch, but I kind of like equate it to how uh, uh, Nolan 
does like his logic of like time, like how he's fascinated with time. And so obviously David Lynch is fascinated with dreams and like how they meld into our, well, reality and like how and we being a, having a hard time telling the difference between the two. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and like how sometimes even like with Nolan, how he, he does time in movies, like either with, uh, Dunkirk or inception, you're just like, Whoa, this is a lot to take in. He does it a lot better. Tell and we're too very different people but the fact you're like i just want to talk about nolan's films and i'm like please let me talk about it christopher nolan talking about the better director david lynch fuck you i uh i will say that i have not seen a lot of david lynch movies uh and all the ones that i've seen i don't care for uh and i've seen all of his short films and i think they're garbage uh wow but uh i appreciate the art of the artistry that he puts into it because this man is a goddamn i could see how he's a great filmmaker it's just his movies are not for me i just i don't really care that's for fine him. you'll get older and eventually you'll come around <sighs> well i'm i'm trying to get to 168 but uh <laughs> I'm, I'm a very i'm a far you, cry won't take you that long to get into david <laughs> When I was your age, I appreciated David Lynch. God damn it. Yeah, well, you know, I'm way cooler than you, though. Really? I think so. Fans, who's cooler? <laughs> Put a poll out there. Who's who's obviously, obviously way cooler? The guy who could do the t- uh, a Crypt Keeper impression or the other one? <laughs> the guy with a massive Lego collection. <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, you've also got a massive whiskey collection. So uh, that you're welcome. It balances out. It balances out. <laughs> so, so then I really don't have anything to show for it. Anyway, so this uh, came out in 1997. It was uh, a follow-up to a period of, I would say, more accessible Lynch films in, in general. Like, I mean, Blue Velvet was a huge deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was a huge deal when it came out. Wild at Heart was a huge deal when it yeah. came out. This was one of his most surreal films at this point since his launch across the bow, uh, his, his first film. Eraserhead, uh, yeah. Eraserhead. It was like more, felt like it was a little bit more of a return to that, but without the grotesqueries necessarily of that film. Because that's right. straight up a horror film. And the like totally surreal dream horror. Yeah. And this is very much focused, although there's a lot of horror, and horror here. It's neo-noir is the big focus on this thing. Yes. And a lot of that is really helped by the soundtrack, which is, I think, the best soundtrack to any of his movies ever. Sure. It's uh, fantastic. It's, 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 it's good. It's really good. And then I realize, cause thing is, there's a lot of things that I don't really care for in this movie. The soundtrack itself, all the music, like I would never listen to the soundtrack. Oh, I've listened to this so much. This was on heavy rotation. Nah, me. not son. I mean, uh, Angelo B- Badalamente, unsurprisingly, who, you know, RIP. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and with Barry Adamson, Adamson, uh, contributing actually some of my favorite tracks to this thing. Ooh. He did all that whole, like, uh, he, Barry Ad- Adamson did the stuff that was like, very dun 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 Oh you know, yeah, yeah. Like he did the really cool like fifties uh, style things. But it, it sounds almost like uh, again like noirish kind yes, of like old he was school the one sound, super sound noir. Of- but there was like a, a Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails, the perfect drug from Nine Inch Nails is mm-hmm. on this, and that's I'm sorry, one of the top five greatest Nine Inch Nails songs of all time. It's so good. That's great. Also, the music video to that is insanely good yeah it's good 
We do shut up. Oh my god. I I like Nine Inch Nails. And then you've fine. got the new songs by David Bowie, Lou Reed, Marilyn Manson, The Smashing Pumpkins, and Rammstein. This was a fucking Rammstein. Whatever. I don't care. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but this is the reason we're talking about it. I even mean, said there's a new Criterion release. That's Criterion. Yeah, 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 it's on yeah. 4K now. That's awesome. Um, I I I love it. I, what is the movie about? Good question. Um, <laughs> I, here's the thing. I did read the Wikipedia just to make sure I was not going crazy by boredom, but also just being totally fo- thrown for a loop to try to figure out what the fuck is happening. But uh, it, it's Bill Pullman. He gets a message that someone died uh, on his front door, and then he's with Patricia Arquette, and then his wife. His his wife, and he starts to have visions because he gets uh, tapes into their house uh, that's inside their house. And then, yeah, someone is filming develop. them in their house. They send them to the cops, and the cops are like, "I, I don't know what else. Y'all have a security system, and it didn't record any visitors." Yeah, I mean, like it's David Lynch, and, and you go, so that doesn't mean these people were human, or that any of this is even actually happening. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just like, look, I had to like suspend my disbelief. Just like, okay, well, no one is there i guess well the, the <laughs> like, big thing is that bill pullman plays fred madison who's like a artist creator who lives with his wife patricia arquette oh, he's a madison. saxophonist yeah uh and uh at some point everything switches over where he is no longer him he is another person uh-huh. it's just the movie switches where it's like okay now he's become another actor another identity uh-huh. oh, oh my god i'm balthazar oh yeah 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 um um uh Balthazar Getty, who was Balthazar Getty, everybody yeah. was predicting was going to be a huge star, and it never really happened. It, yeah, well, I mean, I'm surprised he was in a David Lynch movie. He was in a, he was in a ton of shit, and yeah, then he was. He yeah. Just for whatever reason, never clicked with audiences. He's good. He's really good in this. I mean, again, the thing is, like, I I I I actually like the movie. Uh, it's just like, oh yeah, Richard Pryor is in this film. How <laughs> dare you shit on this? Movie? Uh, Here's because here's what I, I've noticed about me with David Lynch is like, I'll watch it and like, all right, I'll never watch it again because I don't want to because so they're not comforting at all. Dude. And they're also just like so baffling that like the, the only way it feels like to me to watch a David Lynch movie is that you're forced either at gunpoint at home or you oh have to watch God. it in the theater. No, because for- I will be just like, I, I got to like watch some porn or something like that because nah. I got to get my mind going again. No, nah, son. This is my Not experience sad. of watching this. <laughs> I was like, I prepared. I lit candles. I'm not even. I'm not even lying. I lit candles. I was like, I set up. Uh, I w- wanted to do a night when my wife wasn't going to be home because she doesn't like the volume very loud, and I wanted this fucking blasting and like, it's oh, like sure. theater loud. Oh yeah, all the lights out. I fucking got super stoned. I was just like, I am ready for this. <laughs> I played this in 1.5 speed. I've been waiting <laughs> for a criteria. Did you really? No, of course not. Oh my God. I would Nerds, be a, I did. I'd be no, actually no. kind of offended. If you that would be so funny if I actually did that. Yeah. If I found the way to do it. Because also, Lynch is so notorious for... Uh, his physical releases that he's basically like, fuck you, uh, where he doesn't have anything attached to it. And you can't, there's like, what, did this have chapter selections on this? I don't think it did. Uh, I, I didn't know. Cause I remember it, it shouldn't, that was a huge thing, uh, for Mulholland drive. Cause everyone really wanted to see one particular scene. And, um, and there was no chapter selections the on the DVD. Sex scene? Yes. Chris. Yes. Lawrence. Uh, By everyone. Do you mean you? Well, 
I, I knew of people. I knew of people. Uh, but my favorite scene in that movie is not that scene. Cool. Yeah. I mean, they're both hot. I'm not denying. It. I'm not saying my favorite. Bad about my it. favorite scene was when the uh, credits started to roll. Mulholland Drive is an absolute ten out of ten masterpiece. It may be one of the top ten movies ever made. My only problem with that film at all is that I wish that it hadn't originally been pitched as a television series and that he wasn't stuck into a finance crunch so that he had to film it on a lower quality. Because if he had been able to film it in a much higher quality, it would be that much better. Well, luckily, Inland Empire is coming on Criterion soon. I asked for it. I don't like Inland Empire. I've only seen it once. I've only seen it once, but I'm going to give it another try. I've never seen it, and I I hope to Christ I don't have to do that. Oh, yeah, I'm totally making it. Anyway, um, the this comes with there's no b- bonus feature than the 4K disc, which is normal for Criterion stuff. The Blu-ray disc that's in here as well has uh, the theatrical trailer for the recent 4K restoration of this. Uh, David Lynch in 1997 archival program where he talks about like his experience of like how it came to be. The Making of Lost Highway also archival program. Uh, David Lynch once again talking about both how he fell in love with film in the first place and talking about the production of it. Next Door to Dark. I mean, these are all archival. Um, uh, David Lynch and his co-author, Christine McKenna, reading from the chapter Next Door to Dark from their book Room to Dream, which was published in 2018. Uh, Pretty is a Picture, picture, The Art of David Lynch, which is a documentary, Pretty is a Picture, The Art of David Lynch, which was produced in 1997, which has footage from the set of Lost Highway, interviews with David Lynch, Patricia Arquette, Angela Badalamente, Robert Blake, Jack Nance, and Dean Stockwell, amongst others. There are some outtakes from that documentary, and there's a leaflet with interview with Lynch uh, from filmmaker and writer Chris Rodley's book, Lynch on Lynch. So there's nothing really new here for longtime Lynch fans in terms of uh, the extra features, which is not uncommon. Lynch rarely presents new stuff on that level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the presentation of the actual uh, 4K is really, really, really good. It I mean, lo- it looks beautiful. The film but is even gorgeous. Better the audio version. The audio of this is amazing. I can't. I, I'm one of my goals this next year is to buy a brand new audio system for my my uh, Man, home system. W- watching it on five point one nice surround mm-hmm. and just rewatch this again in that because it, I I think the sound of this is one of the most amazing things. About it. it was it was pretty cool. I was watching it uh, late one night uh, and the yeah just the the mixing of it and because I I I knew that the like the soundtrack was a big thing for this, uh, but it, I mean it was bombastic and just really well done. Like the scenes when Bill Pullman is doing the, uh, like the saxophone, uh, solos, it's just fucking nuts. Uh, so you should definitely get a five Pullman. <laughs> you can tell it was the time period it was released. Cause Bill Pullman's playing the saxophone and there's neon going on. Well, the, yeah. And it, it's just, yeah. And it's Bill Pullman. I forget is like, he's a weird dude. Everyone just only remembers him from independence day, but like that, he is a very odd actor. I love Bill Pullman. Have you ever seen zero charisma or not zero charisma? I'm sorry. Uh, oh, uh, zero something, something. Oh, fuck. he plays like an awkward, weird, a private eye guy. Oh, yeah. I, it's so good. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, do you ever see Surveillance with uh, David Lynch's daughter's movie, Jennifer Lynch? 
Did I? It's it, he's in it. He plays. Oh my god! It well, is so fun. We got to move on. We got to move on. And we moved to something that came out this year that we didn't see in the theater. We didn't see on the site. The best movie of the year. Wow, you're you obviously don't mean that. What's going on? Uh, which what? is a beast. What? A 2022 survival action horror film directed by Baltazar Cor- Getty Cormacore. I don't know if I'm saying that right Baltazar or, or Getty. not. But the important part for you to know, you'll be like, wait, what? It's that movie with Idris Elba fighting lions. All right. There you go. And that's the next movie. Uh, so the next movie is... Uh... You know, I. it's one of those like they go, oh, this movie with Idris Elba isn't very good. I'm like, yeah, but he's still in it, right? He's still in it a lot. Yeah, he's the main star. Well, I'm going to fucking watch it. Wait, people say that Idris Elba is not good? No, no, no. They're just like, go maybe say the movie isn't good. Oh, see, this this is, there, there's a new trend, or maybe it's always been around, but like, this is one of the examples of a movie. It's like single concept. Sing, like one, it's a log line of an idea, and they wrote a movie. And uh, it's like, well, what if a family was trapped in the Africa, and there's a lion after them? I'm like, write it! And, uh, and that was it. And that's the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, but it's, I, I like those ideas when it's so simple because it can make a lot of money if you get like a good star in it. And uh, now, granted, I know it didn't make any money. Uh, no, nobody wanted to go see it. Yeah, because yeah. uh, that sometimes it's a uh, fucking stupid, uh, and especially when it's just because you know what it feels like. It feels like a uh uh bottleneck being, movie. That being said, the budget was thirty six million. It made fifty nine million. So <laughs> technically, it made money yeah but the marketing though yeah. like the marketing was all I, over the I'm place st- for this movie too I'm still always confused about when it says budget does that include no it does not include marketing because okay. there's always money so it after almost that. certainly lost money it, yeah, yeah 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 uh so he plays recently widowed dr nate samuels he's got his two daughters meredith and noah they brought them he's brought them to south africa for a vacation he re- reunites with his old friend uh who is played by Shalto uh, copley martin a wildlife biologist uh they worked together for years before that who is actually the one introduced nate to his wife um he brings him to the villa the kids to the village where his wife grew up his idea is that he want he's trying to both connect more with his children and like also honor his wife and yeah yeah relationship me right off the bat you're like this guy's such a good man that it's almost stupid not necessarily because <laughs> like the i what i did appreciate about the movie at the beginning when they're all at the house and you know he is trying to connect with his daughters but he's doing actually kind of a shitty job of it because he ends up getting kind of drunk and he like it's a really awkward and oddly compelling scene in a movie that's like dumb and yeah. Uh, and it's, I think it's because of Idris Elba's great acting where he felt like he was like in the wire still, but he was like, no, 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 no. This is, you find a lion in this. Like, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here. You're like acting or something. Well, uh, ultimately he ends up in a situation where they're, they're on a tour of these, uh, this <coughs> area of villages the <clears throat> and, uh, they show up in a village and almost everyone is dead and horribly mutilated. And they're like, oh, these are wounds from a lion. And everyone's like, lions wouldn't do this. And they're like, but Jaws would, <laughs> because that's what's happening here, really. It's Jaws in Africa. I just uh, saw that connection. It, it's Jaws in Africa, uh, except nowhere near as good as Jaws. No. Uh, it's still got Idris Elba, uh, which is an appeal in and of itself. There is some fun to be had here, no question. 
but it's not a very good movie. It's an okay. The movie. this the CGI of the lion every now it's and then is a good. little it's wonky. Not, it's, not uh, the, it the, it's only saving grace is when it finally becomes dark outside which there are some like unnerving times because like lions are fucking creepy as shit like they're so scary but they're beautiful creatures they're beautiful creatures uh I but love them so much uh, okay um all right uh but okay. in fact <laughs> I, I have a lion to introduce you come here baby come here come here no don't do that don't do that oh god right run run right run you know what i'm not going with this bit okay i'm not doing this i'm not Fuck. doing this with you never work on me with <laughs> never work on me either you'll never work on me <laughs> anyway there's I, I i didn't want to spend too much time on this because there's not too much time stuff to say about it it's like he fights a lion fine. that's it yeah. he fights a lion he wants to defend his daughters his daughters are i have to say the, the actors are not the greatest and also they're uh, motivations when they do certain things is fucking dumb. Like, stay in the car! There's also a lot of like, oh, you fought a lion and are alive. And you go, really? He wrestles the goddamn lion at the end of it. Dude, I've seen The Revenant. That bear fucked up Leo DiCaprio. And this is a goddamn lion that has just like... You may be Idris Elba, but you ain't Hercules. You know, (laughs) I'm like, your shit would be dead. Yeah. (laughs) If we said that to Idris Elba, though, you're like, would you save me? Uh, uh, like, no, sir. No, I'm so sorry. sorry. I'm so that. sorry. I'm mad at you. You, you, you're, totally you're the beast. So, yeah. yeah, you're the titular you beast. You were the lion. Yeah. The lion. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, one deleted scene. There's a bunch of little EPKs about stuff, but whatever. We have a lot of shit to get through, so we're going to keep moving on. Sorry to producers of the beast. We're going to talk about two, <laughs> two witches. Man, this was a mess. I have to admit, I don't remember this movie. I, I this of everything we had, this is the one I was like, I know I saw it. I had to go through the whole Wikipedia description to go like, wait, what was this oh, shit this about? Is the, this is the generational thing. This is all right. So this is like drag me to hell if it was boring and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. It's I know Arrow is producing this as a new thing. I love Arrow, and I know that like. The idea is that Wait, this sets up as the first of a, a film in a, a franchise. Oh, this movie. Okay. I, oh, wow. This is really embarrassing. It's like the pipe. I literally just remembered this movie now. Yeah. Okay. The same thing happened to me earlier today where I was like, I don't remember a single thing about watching this movie. That's right. That's what this movie is. It's like, it's like there's two parallel stories going on or something like that. Yeah. It's like when it starts, there's this pregnant woman who goes to dinner with her boyfriend. She's at a restaurant. She sees this weird, older, like like a Romany lady sitting at a table who's just staring at her. Uh It kind of freaks her out. She has nightmares about it. The boyfriend's like, whatever. You're just being paranoid. They go to visit their married friends at a cabin in the country. Um, Anyway, what ends up doing is like the girl in question ends up being possessed and kills everybody. Like, like, wait, what? Okay, that happened. Yeah. Um, and then the movie goes like switch to an entirely different character. Like, it literally yeah. just goes. Meanwhile, in a completely disconnected part of the world, uh, but <laughs> sort of connected. The whole other character, and the idea is that like, okay, so she's apparently the granddaughter of that witchy woman and and there's a saying like oh they say that when witchy people die in your culture they can possess your soul whatever it's a lot of like just like 
assertions to get the plot moving along. Yeah, yeah. And like, once again, it's like the, the mythology. Like, I, I've noticed over the past like 10 years, there's a lot more witch movies that have come out. Like, I would say the most prestige is The Witch. Also, and kind of hate that though. The, what like do you mean? The Witch, I, I think The Witch is a genuinely good movie because it's one of the few that doesn't go like, they're all bad. Oh, sure. Yeah, and I'm but, like, didn't but, we do enough shit to fucking witches in our past who were not witches? To, to women, yeah, yeah. Woman, but, know? like, what I think is interesting is that it, it feels like it's, I guess, since so many people are doing movies about witches where uh, they're making up their own mythology, because it is kind of, like, all over the place with mythology of witches. Because it's like, wait, they possess people, so there's only basically one witch? Like, what the fuck is going on? And uh, I don't know. Like, the movie is is kind of... You know, low like I mean, when I say low budget, I mean just like the way that low budget films are shot and acted. There's like, oh, this isn't like that good. Well, uh, I love like Rotten Tomatoes says that on seventy eight percent. That's because really? it only played like one festival. And <laughs> that was a horror festival, specifically the Salem Film Festival. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, oh, poor guys. This isn't a great movie. It's okay. It's fine. Like, I like full admiration for what they're trying. Did you to see get Dick? Out. What? You see floating Dick? I didn't know that excited you so much. No, well, it well it does because I get excited well, by nudity in general. But when I get to see male nudity and like applause like good for you for not like so shying not away enough of that well it's not enough of that because uh it like obviously women n- normally are getting naked in movies but when you get to see like a man a man get naked I'm like We're good right for you reviewing a movie from 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> there's been so much dick in the last 10 years. I know, screen. but I was like, okay, at least this, like, we this stop, low budget horror movie had dick. applauding when there's dick. Okay? I, I won't there's stop so applauding. No. I like, there, there should be more dick in movies. Okay, all right. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I'm not I don't know why I'm by it. Yeah, I don't I'm know why I'm going on that diatribe about, like, there should be more dick. It. It's like, it's so good that there's a gay character in this movie. It's like, there's literally a gay character whoa, in every whoa, whoa, movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But that's, that's a different thing. It's like, there needs to be more dick in movies. Not to say that, like, it's a, the, Patriarchy needs would, to be more. I will in... agree with you if you mean Philip K. Dick. <sighs> All right. I don't know about that either. I, I I just I wanted to like this, and did I, you? There's just out of the gate. It's the first 15 minutes. Like, oh, okay. I this wanted, is something we saw at Fantastic Fest, and we scripted no, it. No, well, it what didn't play at Fantastic I Fest, and that's just saying. You something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I I just went. This is not good. This is very like. Okay, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And it's like, let's get to the gore effects, which are fine, I guess. I don't remember it. They're like, there's not much. I forgot about this movie. I totally did, too. I thought this was another movie that we watched, but it's not, and so I forgot. And yet, it's Arrow, so they, and they're they're trying very hard to be their own production label, and yeah. they should. They should continue They, they to produce some great stuff. Uh, this is not one of them. Um, there's a, two audio commentaries, one by the director, one by the producer. There's a behind the movie stuff. There's an interview with the actor playing the lead character. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an interview with the, 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 the Romany boogie woman <laughs> that's called the boogie woman. The, yeah, oh, that's right. That's the, the first chapter, right? Yes. That the boogie there's woman exists with, or something? interview with a composer. Uh, there's a bunch of... There's a shit ton of stuff on here. Apparently, there's something called Grimfest, which is a cool name for a festival. That is pretty good. But uh, Q&A, 
uh, on Zoom uh, with some of the people involved here. I don't know, man. This just was not not for me. No, I, again, I totally forgot about this. And it's unfortunate, too, because it, it seemed like they put a lot of effort into it to to create it and do it and blah, blah, blah. And I think, like, everyone was putting 100% in the movie. It's just, like, it's not a great story. And it's it, it gets a little uh, just hokey at times. And uh, it's just like, you just, you just didn't stick the landing with the idea. Sorry about that. Guys. You know, I was much more into the other film with Witch in the title, which I still am not a huge fan of, but I still kind of dug oh wow yeah the witch part two the other one because it has no fucks to give no it's just like it doesn't it feels like all right so this south korean science fiction action horror film that is a sequel to the 2018 film the witch part one the subversion which we also reviewed on digital i have not seen that and i dug it i did this is essentially the same movie Mm. (laughs) just with like slightly better budget like it goes a little bit bigger a little bit crazier um, yeah but this is like it's the x-men horror this is the yeah. movie that you thought the new mutants was gonna be right right you because know? it is gory yeah it's it, super gory the gore is not bad it's not bad yeah. and it's it's like um it's one of the few times where i'm like holy shit they just did a fucking anime like gory anime where like the ideas where uh there's like there are moments towards the like the last like 30 minutes is just like an insane action setup or scene oh yeah and there are points when like uh someone they have uh telekinetic powers and they can like lift all these pieces of wood and it just impales all these guys in like horrible graphic details like holy shit like it's almost impossible to tell you guys the entire plot of this thing i have no idea even like i'm like i saw the first one and i really liked it and i watched this and i was like I'm having a really hard time following what's going on, but it doesn't really matter because it's basically like, what if like the, you've read X-Men comics. I assume anyone listening to me probably has, you know, and you're like, this is X factor versus X force. Sure. It's just like this one group of young students versus this other group of young students, like fighting it out for shit. But in this case, brutally violently and yeah. like a horrible gore stuff going on and there actually is some really nice moments that uh, of like characterization here and there i mean the, the tone is all over the place when it comes to that because yeah. when it leads you into that like where it's all like goofy and sweet and fun at times and then all of a sudden I was like holy shit that guy's head got cut off yeah. and uh like you know what i i just thought of this uh this anime uh tv series uh so all the anime dorks out there will be like oh you know your shit uh elfin lied is uh is an anime that uh remind me of this where there's like one singular person that is i guess god and uh has like crazy apocalypse powers that can like lift shit with her minds and like basically <laughs> explode you if he, she wanted to and she's also like the hulk strength <laughs> uh and uh <laughs> so it, it's like that character and then people try to you know cozy up and like you know be nice to her these two people which i was struggling to figure out like even at the beginning like who the fuck are they like why is this happening no it's it, it okay so like it's not essential to have seen what the first film let me just say that okay but because you'll be just as confused right you'll be just as confused of trying to figure out what's going on but 
the film is not really about trying to figure out what's going on. No. It, it just it gives you as much as you need to know to still have a good time watching it. That's true. And yeah. did you not have a good time watching it? I, I had a really good time. Yeah. I, like, I, I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And then like when new characters come up, I'm like, I don't am I supposed to know who they are? Like, I don't know if I know and I feel bad, but like I got context clues. Okay. It's an evil company that is genetically manipulating people like resident evil style. And they and, but they're giving witches? them telekinetic. Witches is like irrelevant. They're yeah, mutants. It's a really bad they're title. Mutants. They're mutants. Yeah. They're mutants. Or, or they're uh, people infected with a T virus or they're whatever. Yeah. The witches is a dumb title. It's a really bad title. Uh, yeah. But, this is their and there's a third, and there's a third one on the way. They were already making a third one. I have to say, I'm really looking forward to because like oh. there are things that happen to some of the characters. Like, wait, I like that character, <laughs> and uh, it's like, and they go out in a pretty bad way. It's like, are they gonna are they gonna show up in the third one? <laughs> it's like I I kind of want to see what happens. I mean, it's and it's it is that it's like X Men comic books crossed with all this stuff crossed with anime, and maybe you're gonna. That's going to be your thing. Everything I'm saying about this, if that sounds like your thing, this is going to be your thing. Oh, yeah. It is action-packed, and it, it is it is fun. We reviewed the first one on uh, Digital Noise with John Golson. He hated it. <laughs> like, he was like, this is not for me. And I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. I love this. So we disagreed. So I'm glad. I, I was like, you know what? Because this is doesn't require any knowledge of the first one, I'm just going to hand this off to Ryan yeah, and yeah. see if he likes it better. I, I, I will say, like, the, the times where it um, basically it – because when the action and, like, shit is going on, it is, like, it is pressing on the gas and it's trying to go 120 miles an hour. And then when it lets off the gas – it just becomes a little boring, and also I'm like, why do I care? But it doesn't do it very long either. No, well, that's the thing is like it's stalled at the like the first part of the movie. Like it's just like, okay, I want to go back to the badass chick who's like, uh, you like you think it's like, oh, she she's superhuman too, and her and her her uh, partner is superhuman. I don't know what's going on there, uh, but like I kind of like them because she's like. She smokes cigarettes or something like that. She, yeah, she's cool. And she drinks. It's like, yeah, she's awesome. What a cool chick. Yeah, she's what a cool chick. But she's in cahoots with the bad guy. I don't know the fuck's good. I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then like, I, no, when you try even, to think about it too much, it's like, bleh. even at the end, I was like, I have no idea what actually happened, but no. it was a super fun watch. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a blast. <laughs> yeah. It is kind of a blast. There's no extras here, but you know what? You don't. Yeah, you don't even know what happened in the film. You're not going to need any bonus features. <laughs> David Lynch comes in and goes, the weather in Korea when they made this. I don't even know what the hell happened here. All right. Finally, we're going to get to No Escape. I know you've been dying yes! to fucking talk about it. This terrible movie. I, 1994. And the year in is 2022. Yeah. All right. So. The funniest thing about this movie, the thing that is like right off the bat when you watch this new Blu-ray re-release of this Ray Liotta film, came out in 1994, takes place in 2022, and the text on the screen is, in the year 2022, the international prison system is operated by private corporations. Criminals from all over the world are exploited to profit. Prisons have become big business. Now, let me just say this. That shit has been going on for some time now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah, that that actually is the standard operation for the planet right now yeah. of in America. I, like that's the, we have turned over <laughs> to science fiction 
uh, dystopian <laughs> films, the prison system, long ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it was before 1994. Maybe it even was. But yeah. maybe the, at that point they were talking about it, and that's why they made this film. To go sure. like, what? No, don't do that. That's a horrible idea. And it's happened. What? Life isn't that bad. Inflation's not that great. But you know what? Okay. What does that have to do with the, what people were experiencing in prison, right? No, I know. I'm just saying is like the way that they present it is just like, it's like Mad Max because prisons. Yeah. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, they, it shouldn't be that way at all. And, uh, but I loved how I love, it's like the, uh, movies in the nineties when they think about like 10 or 15 years from then. And it's just like, everything is so <laughs> fucked. But it's this- Judge Dredd, Mega City. <sighs> everything is fucked. And, uh, like, no, I mean, I could still get a taco down the streets, and that's not that bad. And uh, <laughs> I mean, people were excited about this film when it came originally out because Martin Campbell was directing it, and he had right uh, Goldeneye. He had, well, actually, that didn't come out to the next year. Oh. Actually, I'm sorry, they weren't excited when this came out. They came out after the fact. They were excited to look back at it because he did Goldeneye, he did The Mask of Z- and the Azoro, mm-hmm. um, and he did a lot of films. And he did Casino Royale. He did Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Edge of Darkness, which is... Wait, is that the Lion movie? No, that's that Mel Gibson one that's actually a good movie that's a remake of a British thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. In 2010. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, And then Green Campbell on Green Lantern? Green Campbell. Green... Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, you did Green Lantern? Yeah, the bad one. Anyway, Uh, so... Anyway, so here we go. No escape. It's uh, Ray Liotta who just died. R.I.P. Again. Yeah. Um, and it but is a huge star. Huge, 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 huge star. How many movies was he great in? Uh, like two. One was Goodfellas, and the other one was No Escape. Okay. I know you're a big fan. I'm not a big fan. This is the first time I ever watched this. I was like, I kind of love this movie. There's so many of these movies. I, and I this like, is the best one. I like the Christopher Lambert ones better. The Fortress? Yes. Yeah, I kind of like Fortress. kind of like Fortress. Uh, I, I do too. Yeah, but like I, this reminded me of this and I was like, yeah, but now it has acting caliber in here. Does it does. <laughs> anyway, so penal system run by cor- uh, corporations. Um, so uh, Ray Liotta is a guy who's brought in John Robbins. Or of that bat there like, okay, you're not behaving yourself. So we're going to shit you out on this island we have where we just put the worst of the worst that they drop him off in a helicopter he's like oh god what do i do now uh and turns out there's a good people on the island have been dropped off who have like a socialistic society yeah and there's a bad side who are all just like they're basically marauders yeah marauders yeah and he first encounters the marauders escapes makes it to the other side and is like oh okay well uh i guess i'm gonna live with these people with ernie hudson is one of the and lance henriksen is actually a good guy in this movie too he's normally playing yeah Yeah. uh okay i mean to be fair our most famous lance henriksen role is what uh aliens oh sure he's playing good guy in there yeah oh yeah. that's true yeah uh Pumpkinhead. um yeah, every other movie yeah. okay can we talk about real quick the the outsiders the bad guys uh that's what they're called <laughs> okay their leader merrick played by Stuart wilson who I, I at first i didn't recognize and because he had like lethal weapon three yeah he has crazy hair and like dreadlocks and all these kind of things this he i was watching this movie and i was thinking about it, I was like he is one of the best villains i've seen in 
a long time. Definitely out of these types of movies where dystopian like prison movies. Yeah. And like he is so charismatic and good. I was like, this is the character that I wish I wrote in this movie. Because he is so much fucking fun. Okay. Shut up. I didn't find him all that much fun. I think this movie's actually pretty boring and it's kind of generic. What? And uh Kevin Dillon plays like the mm. innocent ingenue. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong term, but I, I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate using it in this context. Just the the sweet kid like, who is just the like teenager sweet kid who's just like, No, I don't know why I'm even here. It was a mistake that I was here, and you believe that it was a mistake mm. he was here. And like the hero's like God damn it, I'm a hard-bitten, cynical badass who doesn't want to help anybody but myself. Fuck yeah. If I, fuck if I'm not like he's, just he's a, to help what's this, the, the cool greaser guy in Shawshank. That's what Kevin Dillon's character yeah, is. Yeah, but like exactly. more, uh, dumb. And, yeah. um, he definitely failed that, uh, GED test. I don't like this movie. This is the second time and only the second time I've watched it. I watched it when it originally came out in theaters. God, I'm you're old. old. I know. Fuck. And I went, that sucked. You know how old I was in 1994? You, you weren't alive, that. right? No, no uh, I, I was, okay. I was 10. Oh. And I wish I saw this movie in the theater. All right. Well, it wasn't <laughs> good. Um, I was not a fan. I'm still not a fan. I, Oh, it's but the music was by Graham Ravel. Everything about this is like, this is a movie I should like reluctantly admit is fun, and I can't do it, and I just can't do it. I I thought it, it again talking about like with uh uh what was Herky Jerky? I forget what the movies were. What? Oh uh oh like the the two witches or the witch were it just the the tone was off a little bit where it go back and forth and i also i didn't like ray liotta's character like at all because he would go from every now and then giving some sympathy to the other people and then just being totally a straight dick again and like what the fuck like it's yeah his character's all over the place i still insist ray liotta has only had one great role and that was heartbreakers i've what he was in Heartbreakers with uh, oh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Heartbeats. I'm sorry. Heartbeats with Jeff Beeps. Goldblum. Heartbeats with Jeff Goldblum and uh, yes, uh, yes, La- Cindy Lauper. Oh, no, 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 no. You're thinking of entirely different. What? That's not Heartbeats. What that was? That's oh, the wait. one where Cindy Lauper plays a psychic. Yeah, that's not Heart. N- none I love you getting angry about this. It. You're like, what the fuck is wrong, motherfucker? <laughs> Uh, these new mics are great. Anyway, um, there are a few bonus features on here. Welcome to Let's the future. Let's talk about all these for at least two hours. Welcome to the future of the sci-fi worlds of Gail Ann Hurd, who was a producer on this. And oh, yeah. It's a big deal, Gail Ann Hurd. And this spent, a lot of money was spent on this money. You can see the budget that was spent here. And Jesus Christ, it was actually based on a novel? Really? I want to write, I want to read this novel. Uh, anyway, so that's their uh, survival of the fittest, <laughs> directing there. No Escape, audio interview with the director Martin Campbell, Penal Penal co- Colony, which is yeah, uh, just that's the right, novel, which is just right defending this film. <laughs> <laughs> audio interview with the co-writer Joel Gross. Uh-huh. Uh, there's an alternate intro, which is just different like titles on the screen. Uh-huh. Uh, making of it, uh, twenty eight. Uh, minutes of uh, archival featurette. You know what? This is, yeah. I don't. Do you want this? You can keep this. What? N- no, no escape. escape? Yeah. Oh fuck yeah. 
Yeah, it's yours. Oh my god, this is the best episode ever. Merry Christmas. Merry me. Christmas. <laughs> it's all you get. I don't have to suck your dick now, right? Oh, well, I, that was still on the table. We talked about this. I thought there would be an exchange. Come on, there is no escape from oh, fuck. sucking. All right, hold on. Let me get my this throttle thing. D. Let's go on to another <laughs> movie that's going to be hard for me to talk about. Because oh, my God. My I forgot about this movie, too. This one it was great. You love this movie. So he went, I love the kindred so much, Chris. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? That was so random. <laughs> <laughs> this this movie had was way better than it had any right to be. The, the special effects are fucking fantastic. It's a 1987 horror film that is totally a monster creature feature. It's great. I saw a long time ago. So long ago that I'm like, I remember I thought it was fine, but I don't remember anything else. About sure. It, you yeah. know, I was like, but I'm to the point where you're like, I'm looking forward to watching it again by today's standards. And I'll tell you, I really liked it. It's so much fun, right? <laughs> Rod Steiger is in, in it. Okay. It was terrific. I couldn't, uh, like, uh, Rod Steiger is a, uh, a, a doctor, uh, I think, or a science, yeah, he's a doctor. And, doctor? um, doctor? I, uh, couldn't, when I was first watching it, I was like, why do I know that person? Like, that's not Rod Steiger, but like, he looks so much like Rod Steiger. And I didn't look at the credits for some reason. I was like, oh my God, that's fucking Rod Steiger. <laughs> How would you not know immediately that was Rod Steiger? Because I was probably drunk. One of the most uh, distinctive actors in the history of acting. I, I don't know what he's doing in this movie. Right, I love that. It. Get out. Uh, well, look, I'll do the rest of the show by myself. Look, I love it's it fine. when great actors slum it in really bad, weird movies and but they still act the fuck out of it because yeah. he is still acting the shit out of this movie. Well, I mean that's whole Rob Steiger's uh, thing. Yeah, he's ah! like kill, kill. Uh, like him and Mars Attacks is like one of the best things in the world. Oh yeah. Um, but right. what's the plot? Uh, ooh. Uh, okay. Really, I sent you the whole description. You just got done telling everyone how much you loved it look i watched this weeks ago um so kim hunter is dr amanda hollins a molecular scientist who calls on her son john to eliminate all evidence of her genetic experiments most importantly her anthony journals okay uh dr philip lloyd steiger uh, and an acquaintance of Holland's who is familiar with her experience wants to continue. Oh, that's right. So basically, the scientist like fucking wants her goddamn son to like destroy all her <laughs> he literally, shit. Literally, like did dress rehearsal on Mike. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, <laughs> but basically, there like this uh, this guy whose uh, his mother was the scientist created a monster, and Steiger was an acquaintance of hers that was like, I want that baby monster, and because uh, like. <laughs> For some reason, I forget why, because like it's like an evolution of humans. I don't know. It's really flimsy because the monster is definitely not an evolution of humans because it is gross. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, and it's, it's like, if you want humans to evolve to like goo. Yeah, or yeah. and just like you know, gross like like Quato monsters. It's like I don't yeah. I don't know what you're thinking is a good idea for an evolution of human, but that's yeah. not it. Uh, but all these basically, it's like it's a lot of different horror movies crammed into one. It's like a monster creature feature mixed with like science experimenty kind of horror stuff, and then also like a horny teen movie uh, where like all the, this guy he's a scientist too. He has all his friends who are other scientists, and they all want to fuck. And they go to their his mom's house to do these experiments to figure out what's going on and what she means by the Anthony journals and. 
there is also this very sultry new scientist that's there that's really trying to hit on him. There always is. There always is. Because evidently scientists are babes. And uh, it's it's ridiculous. And uh, <laughs> um, and like some of the ways, like the first kill uh, with the, one of the, the, the scientists like driving away and like th- she had like a bag or something like that. Or it was like a orb or something and it bursts open with all those tentacles like the special effects are fucking great like they go in her skin and her mouth dude like, they're ah, cool ah, ah, ah. this is very 80s practical effects good people doing the practical effects doing their best to do it if you like practical effects movies the plot is dumb as fuck but it doesn't matter because this is highly satisfying series of like, oh, yeah. practical effect situations of uh I believe, if I remember correctly, blatant and ridiculous nudity scenes. <laughs> oh, did it? I forget. Yeah, I felt like there was like a lot of like, oh, shit, my shirt fell off type of things. I think But so. this was remember, like a yeah. movie that like always was considered to be like, this is one of the better of the monster features of their time for the yeah. people who like these sort of like low grade monster films, which is, you know, us. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, where the audience. It's fun. The monsters are creatively uh, uh, designed. Yeah. And- what, what I like, I I think this is actually better than the suckling. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Like that movie no, is I've never even heard of that film. It's it's a creature feature about a baby who uh, evolves into a monster. Um, but it's really gross and mean spirited. Uh, this one is just actually kind of fun. And yeah. Uh, yeah. And Synapse has put this out in a really, really solid release, like more solid than I would have put out. <laughs> it, it looks great. It, it really does. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, uh, a shit ton of special features. I love that. I keep putting out stuff in black cases. Can we keep black cases oh, yeah, over it's a black blue cases? Blu-ray I like disc. the black, yeah, I like I like the black that. prints. I like that. Uh, although it fools you into thinking it's 4K. I think that may be what. Oh, it does say now. all new 4K high yeah, definition it's a 4K remaster. Transfer. It's not oh. a 4K disc. Oh, boo. That's why I think a lot of that's going on now. Mm. But uh, there's audio commentary with a lot of people involved and a lot of other bonus uh, features on here. Uh, the co- write, co writers and co directors are here. Uh, all 18 here. of the co writers are here. This was written by <laughs> one, two, three, but there's four, a, five. There's a new documentary here called Inhuman Experiments uh, about the making of the film by Red shirt pictures featuring interviews with a shit ton of people involved with it this is fun and you should yeah, totally. check it out if this type of this type of monster film is your thing i remember the first time like i said i remember the first time i saw it going like that was fun mm-hmm. but i kind of forgot about it because it was like minor fun but it was one of those like i've kind of exhausted my how many times can you rewatch the evil dead and reanimator before you're like i need something else yeah <laughs> no i i totally get it yeah but yeah, this is definitely like ripe for like trash in the can. Actually, it's like this is a fucking blast of a movie. It's not really trash. It's more like recycling. Mm. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> it is pretty trash. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a good one. I would recommend it. All right, we're gonna finish this episode with Satan's Little Helper. Hey. Right. I didn't say Saint us. Uh, uh, Satan. 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 Satan's Little Helper. Santa's Little Helper, which is the pun on this, came out in two thousand four. I just got it. No, you didn't. I know. Uh, black comedy slasher film uh, directed and written by Jeff Lieberman, uh, which is about a nine-year-old little dork who basically meets a serial killer in a mask. Uh, 
and we rehearsed this and Chris <laughs> assumes that he's actually like Santa Claus no he, or he, Satan. he feels uh, sorry, like he's Satan. Satan yeah but because he's been playing a video game, game yeah that is Satan is the hero and he goes <clears> oh <throat> Satan you're my hero and I want to do a thing oh I know this sounds like a bad Hallmark channel like horror movie right or yeah. a bad Hallmark ch- channel movie, which say all of them. But you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it sounds like some, like, oh, this is a push towards a thing. Yeah, like, yeah, This yeah. is by people who are being cynical and funny who don't feel this way at all yeah. about this thing. So it's like this guy with this cool mask yeah. who's like, yes, okay, this kid saw me, He's... witnessed me murdering people, but is like, Satan, yay! Yeah. Oh, I want, I want to be your servant, but... Can because I the, shepherd you to people to kill? And yeah. he's like, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the the actor is like quite, it kind of reminds me in a weird sort of way of Terrifier. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. This is more goofy, you know, in a, in a mm. amateurish sort of way than Amateurish, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it. I, like you were telling me about this, like you should watch this movie. Well, I mean, you will, but uh, like you might like this a lot more because it has like, a slight heart to it because it does the kid is um, actually, uh, you know, really trying to find, I guess, a slight like brother or sibling figure because his crazy hot sister comes into town, uh, Catherine Winnick, who also he kind of wants to fuck, which is weird. That was weird. Uh, I didn't get that. I was like, I kind of wanted to fuck her too. Well, Catherine Winnick, who's in Vikings. Related. I wasn't related to her. Though, yeah, so. that's true. It's okay. Uh, she is a babe. And uh, and Amanda Plummer, of all people, plays their mom. Um, but basically, she comes into town with a new boyfriend. And then the new little brother is like, fuck you. I don't want to be your friend. And um, and then finds Satan killer guy. And uh, and there's like, hey, can you kill my sister's new boyfriend? He's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's just like this really weird thing. Fun, odd little movie. Cause I remember when this came out, like years ago, seeing this at like a, on the shelves of Blockbuster. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is this? It just looked like a crappy horror. It looks movie. like a crappy movie, yeah. but it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's kind of fun. It's, it is trashy. I'm not going to say it's not trashy. Yeah. But it's not trashy in a like, let's see how much we can get away with sort of way. It's not that violent. It, well, I mean, it's not that gory which i was kind of disappointed by uh to see like what they could do with the practical effects but it like the idea carries it and oddly enough even though that little kid was fucking annoying at times he kind of carried that and i think they they uh focused on the annoying annoyingness of that kid uh to shepherd it along because the idea of it is so ridiculous that well, he would be basically it's like a little kid befriending terrifier and terrifier is like okay <laughs> And this isn't something out of totally nowhere. Jeff Lieberman, who wrote and directed this, made Squirm in 1976, which is the first film that terrified the fuck out of me. Oh, my God. When I was a little kid. They did that in Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Right? But I was like a tiny kid. Yeah. And then Blue Sunshine, which is a genuine fucking cool cult weirdo movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About people taking acid that makes them go kill people. Like, it's pretty cool. And then Just Before Dawn in 1981, which is also really, really cool. Mm. Um, So there is a history here of this guy making really great films. And I can... You watch this and you're like, this is such a great idea. 
fuck, how are you going to wrap this up, dude? <laughs> yeah, it, like, because you have to go to the places where, like, the killer is like, no, I'm a killer. You're all going to die kind of thing. And uh, and I, I think it wraps it up fairly well. Yeah, no, I, I had a great time with this. <laughs> I had never seen this before. Uh, it's tremendously entertaining for horror fans. Yeah. I don't think out people who are, I don't think people who are, like, casual horror fans are going to get into it. People yeah. are like, Literally ninety percent of what I watch is horror. Yeah, who haven't seen this will be like, oh, this is delightful. Yeah, <laughs> it's it it's cute. Uh, the Catherine Winnick is a babe, and yeah. uh, it it's a really fun idea, and it pulls it off really well. Uh, there is a commentary with the writer director Jeff Lieberman. There's the devil in the details for about thirty three minutes, which is the making of Mister Satan's Neighborhood. <laughs> uh, great name. Uh, which play, uh, which goes to the town where it's shot and looks at the locations. There's behind the scenes for about five minutes, very brief EPK. That's about it. All right. So that's the first half of our, uh, shows here. And we'll have the second one after Christmas. What is our pick of the week? I know that my answer is Lost Highway, but I suspect that's not your answer. Oh, ooh, 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 ooh. don't you dare say no escape. I swear to fucking God. Well, see, now, since you said that... I swear to fucking God, right? Look, look, I know I could be a contrarian, so that's why I'm picking No Escape. Uh, (laughs) No, I... Actually, it's kind of a a tie between Hudson Hawk and the Kindred. I would say tie between Hudson Hawk and In Bruges, really. Oh, well, I mean, I love In Bruges. Like, I... Look, I think out of all of these, like, the most fun I had because I'm a psychopath uh, (laughs) is probably... Uh, it was like, it's probably uh, no escape uh, is uh, <laughs> it's probably the kindred because I think I had the most fun with like the practical effects and like how because I thought it was gonna be a real schlock like just boring mess yeah. and it was so much more fun than I was anticipating so I would probably say the kindred all right well yeah. I always leave it up to my co-host to pick their one even if they're wrong <laughs> look I, I'm I, I'm just thankful I didn't pick uh, Lost Highway because uh you know, I don't want to confuse anyone like that fucking movie. Well, they should be confused to learn more about life and move forward and be a better person. <laughs> and they listen to the wrong show. <laughs> That's totally fair.